Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 146, and it's another one of our author spotlight episodes. And today, we are hosting D.T. Powell. Hi. Hey. So, D.T. Powell is a Christian writer of fantasy and science fiction who is based in South Carolina. Since an early age, she has been a keen reader, and when she was nine years old, God sent a fictional character into her life, which led her on a journey of self-discovery and to ultimately pick up her pen and begin writing. Her hobbies include hanging out with her husband and their three kitties, reading, playing pickleball. My brother-in-law is a big pickleball fan, and so are my parents, so... Love that. Um, she also enjoys listening to music and imagining scenes to use in future books. So it's really great to have you on the show, DT. Well, it's great to be here with you all. So in the little intro, it said that, you know, God sent you a fictional character into your life and that eventually inspired you to pick up your pen and start writing. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that, I guess, first foray uh, into writing and then tell us a bit about how you decided to, you know, pursue it more seriously and get your books published and things like that. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, that was really a defining moment for me. And I'm sorry, if you hear my cat in the background, please ignore him. <laughs> He literally just ate and he claims that we don't ever feed him. So it's fine. I'm, I'm liking it. It's adding to the atmosphere, yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah, I have three of them. So you may hear a chorus at some point. I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Well, when I was nine, I did find a story that was, it was a bit unique for me. Usually when you find a story, you find somebody you really like and you want to succeed. That's normal, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I actually found the opposite. I found somebody that I really didn't like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and yeah, and, and really just wanted them to be done, gone, swept off the scene, et cetera. And, you know, as a kid, a lot of times you have, you don't really know how to process emotions and stuff like that very well for a while as something mm -hmm. you have to learn. So, I didn't know how to respond to having such strong re responses to somebody, uh, fictional or somebody who I, I actually knew, but I've told this story so many times and it just, it gets me every single time. I have all this written down actually on my, my Instagram profile. So if anybody wants to read the, the really succinct version, they can find it there. But this person, uh, I really, I really just hated him. Really wanted him to go away. Was so happy when he finally disappeared, only to be very disappointed when he showed up again in the next season. Oh, it's so mad! Oh no, so mad! Yeah, yeah. But further down the road, something happened that I did not know how to process, and uh, he went through this like redemption arc type thing, which, as a kid, that was not something I had seen very often, so it was new to me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to feel about that. I mean, you have somebody who you've hated for several years, literally. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're not who they were anymore. They're somebody else completely. And 
it took me a minute to to really process that. And as a 12-year-old at the time, it just really impacted me seeing that somebody like that, this horrible person could change. And it it really personalized for me how uh, God saw me as a sinner and he still chose to love me and forgive me. And that moment for me was just this life-defining moment that I just, I understood the joy of my personal salvation. And it was something that I wanted to share with other people, but I didn't know how. So I started looking into doing things like visual arts and music and things like that, just to try to have some way of expressing that. And it didn't work. (laughs) Um, I went to college for an art degree and two years into the program, they kicked me out because I wasn't good enough for the program. So I ended up in the business business school instead and got, got a business degree. But once I graduated, the job market was really bad, so it was hard to find a job. And it took me about four months. And in those four months, I had a lot of time to just sit and think about my life and all this stuff that you think about when you have nothing else to think about, you know. And I I don't know why it had never occurred to me to write seriously before then. Um, I I guess God knew I just wasn't ready for that. (laughs) But uh, at 22, I realized that writing was not something that I had really tried. So I started writing. And my first novel-length project, I finished it in nine months. Uh, It was a 128,000 word fan fiction project. And I've been writing ever since. Um, but for those first uh, first five years, that was 10 years ago, by the way. But for the first five years, I really concentrated on fan fiction and skill building. So a lot of craft stuff. Uh, I'd watch webinars, take classes, that kind of thing. And also finding my identity as a writer, uh, which really shaped my my confidence and grew my yeah. knowledge of writing and how to interact with other writers. So I see a lot of writers who suffer from things like imposter syndrome and, you know, they really, really worry about beta comments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And because of why I write and because I've taken time to find out who I am as a writer, that's not something I have to worry about because I, I already know why I'm here. And why yeah. I'm doing all of this. So um, in 2018, I wanted to start branching out into original fiction. So I started, that's when I really started investigating how to get published. And here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that your first project was 120,000 words. Like That's definitely like a really big jump from not having written before to being like, hey, 120,000 words. Like, that's really impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't, it didn't actually feel that long because I was dealing with, you know, a world that I already knew, some people that I mm-hmm. already knew, and it was something that I really, really wanted to do. So it didn't, it didn't feel that long, to be honest. <laughs> I was going to um, touch on that as well, is that it is quite a good way, I think, in some 
respects to use fan fiction that way because yeah rather than having to like jump straight in and like create like this whole world and overwhelm yourself you've already got the world you've already got the characters and then it's just like exploring the the expression of writing rather than having to think too hard about all parts of the writing at once I guess and the other thing that I thought was really cool about your journey was having tried other creative expressions first like it can sometimes take a little bit to find that one that works for you and it kind of just made me think about like music in general like I when I was very young my parents got us into playing the violin and I really hated going to lessons you know I was dragging my feet and eventually they kind of gave up on most of us except for my sister who actually kind of liked it so she continued (laughs) with it and they bought her a nice violin and sold all the rest of ours but then discovered the guitar like much further down the road and was like hey I like music now it's because this is my instrument and I feel like what you found was kind of on a broader base with like creative talents is what is your creative talent and like finding that way to express yourself can take some time and be be quite a journey getting there yeah so I was wondering how you juggle writing because it sounds like you do quite a lot of it um with your life with work with you know your kitties and your husband (laughs) Uh, so I'm curious about that well um for the past two years, I've it's been really great. I've been able to write full-time, oh, but that dream. was not always the case. Uh, I used to work full-time in retail on top of okay. writing and taking care of you know my house and my family and all that. And mm-hmm. I didn't have time to do much of anything except work, write, eat, and sleep. Mm-hmm. That was it. And so I just, I did what I had to do. Uh, at one point I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go to work and I would get home around like 1.30 and then I might eat something and then go straight to writing. And then I would go to sleep like between anywhere from 6 to 10 p.m. So I was getting sometimes four and five hours of sleep a night, which I didn't, oh goodness, I don't that's, recommend that. That's pretty I, hard. I really <laughs> that is, no. How did you, hard. How did you even function? Honestly, that's impressive. Uh, because I had to. And <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, just I ha- it was what I had to do. It really tanked. It really tanked my physical health, though, um, which mm-hmm. is actually one reason I had to leave the day- the daytime job. But it- I knew that I was supposed to be writing, so I I had to find time to write. Yeah. Uh, but but now, um, pretty much I I get up whenever I get up. Like sometimes I'll go and play pickleball in the mornings, early in the mornings, and then maybe do some housework. And then I settle into writing and I, I write for anywhere from like three to 10 hours a day, depending on what I need to get done and all that other stuff. Um, but I mean, I do original fiction, fan fiction. I also write book reviews for a magazine called Clean Fiction Magazine. Okay. Um, so I do all that stuff and I really love it. That's so cool that you, you know, starting from not knowing what your creative output was to basically making it like your full-time work that's a really cool arc to go on 
So can you tell us a little bit about your writing process? Are you a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between? Uh, I like to tell people I'm 85% pantser and 15% planner. So (laughs) there's a handful of things I know before I start a project. I know genre, title, main character, my first line most of the time, and a significant moment. That's it. Everything else I find out as I go. And it always scares me when I do that, but I I really shouldn't doubt it because it has worked every single time. <laughs> I have no clue where I'm going to start, but when I get to a point where I'm starting to wonder where it's supposed to go, I just take a second and it comes. And that's just the way it's been for me. That's so cool that you most of the time know the first line I'm definitely the opposite (laughs) I'm basically 90% planner and the first line is always like an agonizing rewrite once the book's done and I spend you know weeks sometimes right Sarah where we're like how about this one it's like no it's (laughs) not right not right (laughs) that's quite cool yeah that is quite cool I also like how you just phrased it in terms of like you know it kind of scares you but then trusting yourself and like trusting the process it's like oh no it's there yeah that's really cool have there ever been times where it surprised you you're like oh I didn't expect it to go in this direction oh yeah um especially <laughs> well surprisingly especially when I'm working in fan fiction because these are people that I've known for like 23 years so when they do something I'm just like wait a second why didn't I, why didn't I know about that? (laughs) But yeah, it's great. I I love surprises like that, especially when it makes everything make sense. Yes, I agree. You're like, ah, right. Mm -hmm. Now the pieces are falling into place. (laughs) Um, So now that we've talked a little bit about your writing journey and your writing process, can you tell us a little bit more about your publishing journey? Well, I started writing and querying original novel-length manuscripts back in 2018, but just within the past year and a half, I've started looking for places that accept short-form content. So that's actually how I've had two of my short stories and 13, soon to be 23, book reviews published this year. And actually, the place I've had most success finding opportunities has been Instagram, it's been so great just to okay. have that that nice personal connection with people and or or their marketing um, person who does social media and all that. But to actually be able to get a hold of a person has been so mm-hmm. great. And I actually have a YA fantasy manuscript out to an acquisitions editor right now. I'm just waiting to hear back from them on that. And um, I have an adult contemporary novel for the Christian market that's in the final stages of developmental edits personal developmental edits uh right now so yeah it's just this this year has been a really big big jump for me and it's it's just been so great to see all these opportunities come together it's so exciting to have you know so many things in the works and it it does sound like you know things have kind of started to take off for you which is always really good to hear So you kind of started leading into your projects and I think this is a really good point in this episode to discuss what sort of novels you have out there and what sort of short stories 
So do you want to tell us a little bit more about your books and short stories that you've published? Uh, the main genres I work in are fantasy, mostly from my original fiction. I do a lot of sci-fi for fan fiction work, um, but I've I've stepped outside those boundaries sometimes, uh, especially for things like short story contests or challenges and things like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, the fantasy short story I've had published uh, it was published at the beginning of this year. Uh, it's set in a world where music is the foundation of everything, including magic. Oh, cool. So that, yep, it's really, really fun because music is something that has also been really significant in my life. So it was great to be able to build a world around that. And this particular story chronicles how one woman faced a world-changing moment of loss and learned to find hope even after her worst fears came true. And that story is These Eternal Tides, and it's in the fantasy anthology Hope in the Darkness from uh, Cadence Writing. It's a small publishing house. Okay. I have a short story actually published with the same publisher, um, also in an anthology. And that one follows a, a girl and her scientist father as they work to save an endangered species from mutant predators. So oh. that one's fun too. Yeah. It's uh it's set about a thousand years in the future and it's on a terraformed planet, so we're not on Earth anymore and all that fun stuff. So that one's called The Last Razor Hive. And let me see. Oh yeah. The YA fantasy novel that I mentioned is out to an acquisitions editor. Uh, is called Children of the Storm. And it's set in the same world as these eternal tides. So music, mm-hmm. magic, and all that fun stuff. And uh, it follows a girl who's deathly afraid of music, but she winds up having to hide a song that has the power to destroy the world. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So those are those are really fun. And then I have a ton of things that I'm I'm working on, but I will not bog you down with all of those because it is a lot. <laughs> I love the writer's mind is always working, right? <laughs> so it's like yes. The next thing down the line is going to be X, Y, Z. This whole list. <laughs> yes. I feel like even like that's something similar to plotters and pantsers alike, like is that there's always a ton of ideas after the ne- like the current work in progress, right? I really like the idea of music being like the foundation of a world as well I think that was like it's quite as like simple in terms of like easy to understand and easy to like grab a hold of with your imagination but then I imagine it just comes to life really on the page so I think that's really cool I was just wondering um what are your fan fiction based on uh, they are based on an anime from like the seventies or eighties called Space Battleship Yamato. Uh, okay. It was called Star Blazers in the United States. Um, it had a, a remake too within the past ten years or so. Oh yeah, but yeah, a lot cool. of people don't know what it is, so I usually just say space opera, and people are like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> anime space opera, cool, got it." Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty niche. It it's not super well known outside of Japan. Sounds okay. fun though. Do you have quite a few people who uh, read your fan fiction, or do you publish it on like a not a blog? What's it called? Someone help uh, me. I, I do. I have a number <laughs> of people who've. I have a number of people who followed me for 
well, some for the whole 10 years I've been writing, um, because not many people write in the fandom. So if you follow it and you yeah. really want to read fan fiction for it, you have like two options. So, but yeah, I publish everything on fanfiction.net as well as archiveofourown.org, the two really big yeah. fan fiction publication sites. Yeah. And it's funny because I actually, my audience for that is mostly like 50 to 60 year old men. <laughs> and yeah, uh, most of my other stuff is for young adult women. <laughs> so yeah, funny. I get two very different demographics. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. it's so great. Opposite ends of the spectrum. But yeah, yeah, I guess like if it's an 80s, 70s, 80s, that you kind of end up with that demographic. Yeah. And my my um, pen name is gender neutral, so they have no clue my age or gender or anything like that. They, they, and they don't care. They're just like, oh, this is stuff I enjoy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <Keep reading. laughs> so I was wondering if you could talk to us about what some of your biggest challenges have been in your journey so far. For me, the biggest things that have been hard uh, is just what when I was working in retail full time, and building skills and all that it was just having time because I just really did not have time. I was moving from one thing to the next. I had no I had no time to rest, no time to take care of my health all of the time. And that just really sent my my physical health into a, a downward spiral and it it got really bad. So I had to leave my my day job, etc. And I've actually taken the last two years and just recovered from that whole mm -hmm. experience but that's been really the just the biggest thing for me is having the physical well-being and the time to do things and now that I have mm -hmm. the time and I'm getting back my physical health and all of that yeah a lot of those challenges are starting to go away which is which is really oh, nice good. that's good to hear yeah and I think it's it's so important like looking after yourself you know it and I, time is like such a tricky one because you really just cannot sometimes like people say oh you know that you make time for the things you like but sometimes like finding any time any slither can be like the biggest challenge ever and you're like no you don't I use every minute <laughs> yeah. so I totally can gel with it I'm glad to hear that you've sort of taken a, a view of like what's important to you and to your health and to your happiness as well in order to to move forward because I think so many people just end up sort of bogged down and like giving up the things they like which is really sad yeah and when I worked in retail I worked with a lot of people who that had happened to and it was mm -hmm. just really sad to, to see people yeah. who, you know life is just a drudgery now because they don't do anything that they actually like to do so I did not want that to be me yeah I think you know you, you deserve some um, credit for getting yourself out of that situation and stuff as well even though it might have been triggered by your health and and that as well and like you know a lot of factors come together and like leaving a job I know but it is sometimes really hard to make it out of that drudgery that can be really hard to do so is there anything else uh, you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered yet? Uh, I'd actually, I really like to talk about a few of the things that I found most helpful uh, in cultivating who I am as a writer. Sure. There was, there's really been just three big things for me uh, along the way. 
I know a lot of the people who write, myself included, are introverts. So, you know, my my daily word limit is pretty low. I don't I don't do a lot of talking. Mostly yeah. I prefer to just listen to people. <laughs> so, and doing social things for me is is very tiring. So, I went to a writers conference this past summer and I absolutely loved it and but it was only 3 days long and it was a good thing it was only 3 days long because <laughs> when I got back home I was sick for like a month afterward because it took so much out of me. But being at that conference was was so worth it. And mm-hmm. uh, even as an introvert, if you have opportunities to to take like that, to go and be with other writers, to spend time learning things about the industry and about the people that you're you're writing alongside and all of that, it is so worth it to go. Um, and one of the easiest ways for me personally, I found to interact with other writers is just in an online setting is social Mm -hmm. media forums because I can type, I don't have to actually talk. So it's so nice to be able to communicate with people while preserving my introvert battery. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yep. Um, Yeah. And then the second thing that's been so helpful to me is just reading in my genre for for anybody reading in your genre whatever genre that happens to be and just paying attention to what else is out in the market i see so many writers who get so hyper focused on writing and turning out words that they just forget that there's a lot of other people who also write and publish books <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um yeah when it comes time for them to list comparison titles whether that's for like a query letter or just for marketing materials, if they're self-publishing, they end up using books that are like 30 years old because they haven't taken time to get to know what's out there. Mm -hmm. So just spending even a few hours a week reading or scrolling through Goodreads and seeing who else is reading stuff and maybe what's recently published has been so helpful just to know what's out there and be able to Mm -hmm. gauge where my stories are within the current market. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the last thing that's been so helpful to me is learning to love the stories that I tell enough to want what's best for them, even if that means doing hard things to make sure they succeed. So that means learning how to take criticism and how to use critiques instead of like falling to pieces that just the thought that somebody might not like my stuff mm-hmm. just I guess 10 years of posting stuff online and having complete strangers all over the world look at it just kind of gave me nerves of steel I suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean being in fan fiction and and writing for a story that means so much to me personally really helped me develop that sense of love for my work and that willingness to be receptive to and and genuinely grateful for honest, hard-hitting feedback. I will literally hand people stuff and say, murder this. I am 100% (laughs) serious. Murder this. And I've had people who have actually done it. And I'm like, thank you. I absolutely love you. This is so great. Because... If, if somebody gives me their honest emotional response to something, 
usually I can take that response and go backwards and see what the root cause is. But if I don't have that response, I don't know the problems there. So that's that's been really great just to learn how to use that kind of feedback. But those are my three big things that have really been helpful for me. They seem really helpful. And the one that I guess struck me the most while you were talking about it is something I need to improve on more, which is reading in our genre, especially newly released titles, because I think I fall into the trap of, oh, I don't know, I'll just pick these, you know, these books which have been around for a while. Uh, So I probably need to work a bit harder on that. So I think it's a very good tip. Yeah, and I was going to comment on that as well, is that even if you think that, you know, you're self-publishing, you don't need it. If you ever want to do Amazon ad marketing or like anything like that, using recent things like that in your keywords and stuff is like vital basically for success. And so, you know, like you're not going to get as much out of it if you put like really old authors and titles as comparisons because no one's looking at that (laughs) so like I think it's a really good point as well like I was just thinking from a marketing perspective because we've been trying to improve in that area ourselves at the moment yeah so where can people find your books and how can people get in touch with you the magazines and anthologies that I'm published in are all available on Amazon But uh, the easiest way to find them is going to be on my website, which is dtpowellwrites.com. So D-T-P-O-W-E-L-L, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.com. They're um, they're all listed on my homepage uh, with links and a couple summaries, all kinds of stuff. Whatever you need to know about them, you can find them there. And uh, right now I'm really, really focusing on building my email list because it's a great way for me to stay in contact with people who maybe they don't use social media or their account got hacked and they can't use it again or whatever the situation is. And um, I have a quarterly newsletter that includes things like project updates and free content and book recommendations, author spotlights, news and events and interviews that I get to participate in, like this fun podcast right here. (laughs) And um, I, I actually have four subscriber exclusives that you can only get if you sign up for that newsletter. And that is the absolute best way to stay in contact with me. Um, If you're more of a social media person or you just, you know, your inbox space is at a premium, I understand. I also am very active on Instagram. uh, And my handle there is DTILL359. If you Google that, you'll find me somewhere um, because I'm all over the (laughs) internet. So. Just Google that. You'll find me. Um, I'm also on Facebook as DT Powell author. But again, yeah, the biggest things are going to be that newsletter and Instagram. Um, those would be absolutely lovely. I would love to hear from any and or all of you. That would be great. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, we've had a really great chat, I think, about your writing journey and how you have gotten to where you are today. And some of the challenges and the highlights of your journey as well. So thank you very much for being on the show with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was, it was great to have this opportunity. I was, I was thrilled when I got the email that said I was going to be able to be on with you all. And uh, I know time zones are fun to deal with. Uh, <laughs> so <are> fun. <laughs> yeah, 
it's been good of you to have me even though it's such a difference in time no worries I think people are going to uh, you know learn a lot from some of the tips that you've shared with us and also I think there's a lot to be gained as well from you know your journey to finding writing as your creative output so if you would like to be on an author spotlight section like DT Powell just has been, you can head on over to our website at lindersoncreations.com and you can hover your mouse over the podcast tab and you'll find a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. Next time on Dear Writer, we have another one of our craft episodes. So tune in for that. And if you'd like to know more about us or any of our writing projects, head on over to lindersoncreations.com or get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Linderson Creation. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Happy writing, everyone. Mm-hmm.